Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man joining me as always, Brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Um. I'm okay. <laughs> it's been a long night of note making and stuff for our our first post draft show that we actually really took um, in depth look into. Uh, we didn't really do it that well last year, mostly because of the pandemic. Yeah. So this is our really our true and, first and the draft. fact that you know we we weren't where we're at now as far as the po- as far as the podcast goes. Yeah. We actually have some followers now. Right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for following and listening. We appreciate it, but as now, let's dig in. We got some NASCAR, and we got a whole lot to cover from the NFL draft. Let's do it. All right, first up, we're going to talk about a little bit from the top five and the Kansas results. So the Mc, so the Bushy McBushy, four hundred. Yes, that's literally what they called the race in Kansas. The Bushy McBushy. The Bushy McBushy. Nice. Uh, surprisingly, won by Kurt Busch adding the number eighteen <laughs> Toyota. Second place finisher was Kevin Harvick in the number four Ford. Number three was uh, Brad Keselowski in the number two Ford. Number four was Matt uh, DiBendetto uh, in the 21 Ford. DiBendetto? Something like that. And number five was Chase Elliott in the 19 Chevrolet. The standings as they currently sit are Denny Hemlin has the most points at 481. Number two is Martin Truex Jr. 394. Number three is William Byron in in the Chevy. At 385. Joey Logano is fourth with a Ford at 373. Ryan Blaney is in a Ford as well, 370. Uh, let's see here. Brad Keselowski is sixth in a Ford with 366. Chase Elliott, seventh in a Chevy with 349. Uh, Kevin Harvick in a Ford is at 348 in eighth. Number nine is Kyle Larson in the Chevy with 337. Number 10 is Kyle Bush in a Toyota with 330. 
Number 11, Austin Dillon in a Chevy with 295. Number 12 is Christopher Bell in a Toyota with 292. Daytona 500 winner is number 13, Michael McDowell in a 4 with 268. Number 14 is Alex Bowman in a Chevy, 260 points. Number 15 is Chris Boucher uh, in a Ford with 258 points. And finally, Matt DiBiendetto, or Bendetto, however you pronounce it properly. Sorry for not pronouncing it right. In a Ford at 250 points. So a little bit of news from NASCAR. It appears it was fate that helped Kyle Busch to victory in Kansas. The race was dubbed the Bushy McBush 400. It was also Bush's 36th birthday. Bush took the lead on the finals restart with two laps to go. The win was Bush's 58th of his career and first for new crew chief Ben Bishore. This was also another win for Joe Gibbs Racing, which has been dominant thus far this season. The win is also made for the 10th different driver to win this season, leaving only six spots, six spots remaining in the 16-driver playoff. There is one driver who could potentially have this race season negatively affect him with how it's going so far. And that would be Denny Hamlin. He has been dominant in most races, but thus far has yet to get to victory lane. So, Cooper, your thoughts on Kyle Busch winning the Bushy McBush 400 on his 36th birthday? Kyle Busch winning the Bushy McBush on his 36th birthday. Uh-huh. That's pretty damn cool, dude. That's a lot of Bush. Yes. Maybe he got some, too. Think he, think he drank some bush while he was at it? Afterwards, Probably. after the race, got a little bit of bush. We know he's... We know he's got, never mind, I'm not going to go that no, way. I, but. That <laughs> way. I know he shotgunned some, probably some M&Ms to represent his M&M number 18 Chevy. Uh, so he probably did that, but uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, yeah, I'm not going with anything else on that. It's number 18 Toyota, not Chevy, but... Um, so it wasn't Bush's 58th win of his career. Good for his crew chief, who finally got his first career win as a crew chief. So oh, yeah, that's way that's cool good for him. him. Joe Gibbs Racing's, man, those Toyotas have been dominant this year. Uh, you, you notice that, right? They're always, like, at the top. Yeah, they're either finishing Toyotas. first or finishing near the top in every race. Yeah. It's been crazy. Joe Gibbs has been doing well this year um, for his team. Uh, like we said, though, the 10th different driver to win out of 11 races, so that leaves with six spots in him. And like we said, Denny Hamlin could end up being left out. Yeah, man. Even though he's been dominant. They're filling up quickly, dude. It's it's uh, only a matter of time until we know what the playoff is going to look like. Yeah, for sure, and with a guarantee. Um, he basically honestly has to hope that none of the 16 spots fill before he wins. Yeah, or he's SOL because uh, if all sixteen, if we have sixteen different winners, that fit, covers all sixteen spots, and there will be no wild cards right. spot open. Uh, next up, NASCAR recently announced and showcased their next gen cars at the Park Expo in North Carolina. The new next gen cars that debut next season are being called the Rebirth of Stock, as the three manufacturers revealed their cars' bodies that more reflect what you would find on the streets. Chevy showed off their Camaro ZL1, Ford with the Mustang, and Toyota with a much sleeker-looking TRD Camry. That's Toyota Racing uh, Division, if you didn't know what TRD stand for. Mom used to make fun of Bruce because he had that Toyota pickup, and it had TRD Racing on it, and Mom said it searched for turd racing. (laughs) (laughs) And his little Toyota Tacoma. (laughs) Bruce was like, will you quit calling it that? (laughs) Mom's like, it's a turd. And then he got Annalise, and she got Annalise on. Oh my goodness, poor Bruce was just <laughs> not having it. <laughs> oh, my mom and her weirdness. <laughs> and of course, I did it too. Anyways, I digress. These models, though, will be on the racetrack starting in 2022 and finally have a, a look, and according to some, a feel 
to what one could get on the streets. Be sure to check out the uh, NASCAR.com website for more details. But, Cooper, your thoughts on finally getting some realistic-looking cars on the road tracks or on the courses at the uh, um, NASCAR? It, it's, it's a little half and half for me. It's cool, mm-hmm. but my, my worry is, are they going to be safe? Yeah. Like, really, you know, race cars are set up to be safe. Mm-hmm. You make it more look like a regular car, how safe is it going to be? True. Well, they're all, you know, they're all supposed to meet specific specifications that are for safety requirements for NASCAR. And then the basically the body is just mostly made to look like it's the, uh, you know, the uh, on-street legal cars where the basically the whole chassis and everything is built to be a certain specific standards for NASCAR. I mean, it's cool. Finally, we get a little bit of different, you know, a different look to NASCAR. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's going to make it's gonna make open doors for new fans to be interested in what these cars are going to look like, things like that. So right. it's pretty cool, dude. And it's going to look have an old school feel to it where, then, you know, you actually had the racers who had their own personal vehicles yeah. out on the track. Yeah. When they, you had a different looking um, set of vehicles. And they kind of take the... I always, when I call NASCAR the stock car racing, I said it was stock because everything is stock. Cookie cutters. All the cars look the same. All you need to look for is this freaking emblem on the hood. Yeah. That says Ford, Chevy, Toyota, at one point Dodge until Dodge pulled out. But um, it's nice to see now they're going to actually have a little bit of body difference so you can actually really tell the difference on each vehicle, which will be nice. All right, bro, are you ready to move on to some gridiron talk with the NFL? Oh, yeah, I've been waiting for this. Been waiting for this all week, brother. Yes, sir. So let's do it. First off, we're going to discuss a little bit what we already had talked about at one point: my quarterback conspiracy theory. <laughs> uh, this is my favorite part. So, if you don't recall, do a quick recap. I was talking about how teams will probably start looking at start treating quarterbacks like they do quarterbacks in college. You have to move on after four, a certain amount of time. You take a quarterback in the first round, you got him for at least five. You can have him for at least four years, guaranteed five, if you pick up his option. Well, I said a team will probably have to actually move this trend to where we start looking at quarterbacks in this sense because quarterbacks are getting so much money. And it's already been a proven fact that if your quarterback makes more than 14% of your salary cap or more, then um, you're likely to win a Super Bowl goes down immensely. So first up, on the clock with that, the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland has yet to try to actually talk to May, uh, Mayfield with an extension. Did pick up his fifth-year option, but could have potentially look to move on after that fifth year. So, Cooper, your thoughts on where my conspiracy theory might look like it might be taking shape now. Um, the, this, this puts quarterbacks on notice. That, hey, just because you're drafted here does not mean you are our franchise quarterback. It doesn't mean you're guaranteed anything. You have to earn that spot. And maybe this will make these guys work a little bit harder other than, you know, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm here and, you know, I'm I'm pretty much Locked it. In. So there you go. Yeah, and it's also going to make you realize that you're going to probably have to figure out a different way of getting your money outside of your contracts. You're going to have to start becoming Tom Brady, basically, in that aspect. Oh, yeah. Which is why I've always said that's the one thing I do give Tom Brady respect. For 20 years in New England, he always took less than the league average, basically, 
so that way New England can stay relevant. Yeah, and that's that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. It's a team effort. Yes, sir. So we'll see what happens. But Cleveland is now on the clock. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm really. They're probably going to move on from Mayfield, dude. I ju- I just have a feeling about it because you know, I mean his his years there have been pretty mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and the last time he had success, which was his rookie year, his sophomore year, was a complete bomb. Now he had success again. We're about to find out what happens this year. Yep. So, All right, sir. There's been rumors in Jacksonville to the possible return to the NFL of Tim Tebow. Oh, my God, dude. I'm so excited about this. If Timmy Tebow comes back and he comes to Jacksonville, you and I are going to some games, brother. Yes, sir. Definitely, absolutely. Still going to some games because I want to see Trevor Lawrence. Right. But if Tim Tebow comes to Jacksonville, that's more incentive, dude. Right. Now, some of you may not know, Urban Meyer was Tim Tebow's coach at Florida when Tim Tebow won his Heisman, of course, two national championships under Urban Meyer. So, of course, he has a connection with Ur- Coach Urban Meyer. And Urban Meyer seems to be pretty happy with how in shape Tebow is and Tebow's not going to be coming in as a quarterback he's coming in to be possibly a tight end so it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be definitely different Mm -hmm. which you know I mean I think he has the athleticism for it so I think it'll be cool yeah Uh, he might not be much of a blocking tight end but at least if he can get you a couple first downs maybe a a red zone touchdown here and there. I don't know, man. He's got some toughness. We'll, we'll see about what happens. We'll see. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see. Hopefully more will develop as uh, we get closer. Though uh, it was reported Tony Khan, son of Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, does say that there's a – doesn't want to get everybody too riled up, but he says there's a good chance, depending on how Urban really feels about the situation, that Tim Tebow could possibly be on the roster. That's awesome. At least for training camp. That's awesome. I cannot wait to see what happens. Yes, sir. All right. So, day of the draft. Just hours prior to it happening, first round, the bombshell hits. Aaron Rodgers tells sources inside Green Bay he does not want to be a Packer anymore. In fact, he has even came out recently out with sources again, not directly from him, but... He will not play for Green Bay in 2021. And he's even considering retiring. Cooper, does Aaron Rodgers play for the Packers next season? Nope. You don't think so? I don't think so, dude. Uh, this is kind of like, like one of them Barry Sanders things. You know, you got the MVP, dude. Yeah. You didn't get a Super Bowl. That's got to eat at you, man. Well, I got one. But I'm saying is like you got the MVP. What was it last year? Yeah, he won the MVP. This past they, they they should have went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. In the and league uh, history, there's only been two players that never returned to their team after winning the MVP um, with the following season. They re- both retired. The latest was Jim Brown in 1965, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. He retired in his prime. <laughs> so. That was the only, those are him, and I believe it was, oh, 1960 Norman Van Brocklin won it for the Eagles and retired after that season. Yeah, I, I say he's going to retire, and I don't blame him. Mm. Um, to be honest, you know, if if the football team is not going completely in the direction that you think it should go, and, I, and being somebody like Aaron Rodgers, dude, I mean, you, you've done put your, your heart and soul out there for the team, dude, and... Uh, 
if you're not feeling respected by it anymore and you you know you you're ready to hang up them cleats hey man we might see him on commentary or something mm-hmm. so we might um i still say there's as good a chance even slightly better that he forces green Bay's hand in trading him i think he still could play in 2021 just that, probably not talk that he's 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 in the works with some sort of uh tv show too jeopardy yeah so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that one all right, sir. Are you ready to talk some draft? Let's do it, brother. Speaking of the draft, let's get into <laughs> yep. it. All right, we're gonna basically what we'll do is we'll cover a couple of interesting um, picks for each team. We're not gonna give you a whole breakdown. It's just I have a whole list here for everything because, well, I just want to make sure I I don't mess anything up. So I have all the picks, but we won't talk about every single pick. That's too many. Two hundred fifty nine is just too much. But we're gonna start. With the AFC East, and we're going to first start off with the division winners for each uh, division when we talk about each division. So, first up, the Buffalo Bills. Their first pick was Gregory Rousseau, sorry, uh, defensive end from Miami. Um, a very interesting pick. They do need it. They did lack in pass rush, which really killed them against um, a somewhat um, limping into the uh, Super Bowl Kansas City Chiefs um, since they couldn't get a good enough pass rush on like the um, Buccaneers did to the Chiefs and getting to Mahomes, um, it was quite evident they needed help there. And uh, surprisingly, Rizzo was there at 30 because I thought he was going to go much higher. Uh, Cooper, your thoughts on uh, Rizzo? Uh, it's a good pickup, man. I mean, that defense needs that that needs that edge rusher, and, mm-hmm. and they, they got him. So um, so everybody better watch out next, next season, dude, because uh, they were this close, dude, this close. Yeah. And they, then in the second round, they did pick up Carlos Basham Jr., an outside linebacker from Wake Forest, who will also help you know, with their pass rush as well. I like that, yeah. And so, so they kind of doubled down there. All right, the Miami Dolphins, brother, took two Jalens in the first round. First one, Jalen Waddle, wide receiver from Bama, to give Tua Tagovailoa a wide receiver he's very familiar with from Alabama. I mean, the only thing I have to say about this is, like, was he – the influencer when it come to who they were gonna pick, because me personally, I would have picked Devontae Smith. Right, uh, that's what I wondered too. We both talked about this when the pick happened um, that night on Thursday. We were like, Devontae Smith is taller. Yeah, we both think he's faster. Um, though Waddle does have a little bit more weight to him than Devontae Smith. I really don't think that's going to be a problem for Smith. Um, and we'll talk about Smith here in a little bit when we um, talk about his pick, which comes up in the next portion. Um, but I, I honestly wonder if maybe two, if they asked to, if both of them are on the board, which one would you rather yeah. have? And he, and he might have suggested Waddle. Yeah, and so and, they, and maybe, maybe they got along better. Maybe you know. Yeah, we don't we don't honestly know, but it's, so, I mean, it seems like Devontae Smith's a good character guy. Though Waddle doesn't seem like he's got any character issues either. Yeah, just maybe they did get along, seem to get along better together, and could have had some influence. Um, not only did they get one Jalen, they picked up another Jalen, and Jalen Phillips, defensive end out of Miami. Mm. So the this one was actually I thought was going to go second. Of the two Miami edge rushers. So, Cooper, your thoughts on Jalen Phillips going hey, to the man. That's cool, man. Mm-hmm. They needed, like I, you know, like I said with Buffalo, they needed that that edge rusher. They've got somebody, um, 
retiring or has retired just recently. So they need that that youth. So that'll help out. Yes, sir. And, of course, we're going to go ahead and mention the Duck. Javon Hall and safety from Oregon going down to Miami. Oh, yeah, baby. That's cool, dude. Yeah, I was I was excited for that. Um, Holland, I think Holland slipped out of the first round mostly because of his um, opting out. Uh, I really don't like the fact that opt-outs kind of hurt some players. And Holland, I believe, was one of those players that got hurt by the opt-out where people would have liked to have seen him a little bit more than they got to with the uh, – I mean, he they gave him he gave him three years. He yeah. played as a freshman. He played as a sophomore. He played as a junior, and then he opted out last year. Well, that's and, and what they really shouldn't be doing is is putting that against guys, especially with the pandemic hit, all that. They should not be putting that against them, dude. Absolutely. So, and then uh, we'll discuss real quick. Liam Eichenberg also went to Miami offensive line, Notre Dame. They got themselves a good offensive lineman to help protect Tua. I'll definitely do. They needed that. Um, and, and this is Tua's year. If he if he doesn't, yeah, he, he doesn't has, prove something this year, then I'm pretty sure they'll start looking towards the future. Yes, so. sir. All right, we're going to talk about the oh, New England uh, Patriots. Oh, eh, eh, <laughs> sorry, hairball. <laughs> Anyway, so Bill Belichick was uh, thought to have needed to move up to get this quarterback, and he, we all thought he was going at three overall. But instead, Mac Jones free falls right into the Patriots' lap at 15, and he gets to go to Alabama, um, not from to Alabama, from Alabama to Bill Belichick. Dude, it, it was this set up, like I'm starting to wonder, was this set up because this is just too, too freaking... Uh, Easy, too obvious, and obvious. It's like, it's it's Tom Brady two point and you and I both said the only way he would have a chance is if he went to the Patriots. Yeah, we, for his success for his NFL career, it's the yeah. for the Patriots. So, I mean, Colin Coward said that Mac Jones going to San Francisco would have worked, just not to not to the degree that it would probably yeah. is going to work for him in New England. Um, he just gets to sit for a year if needed. He can come in if Cam Newton gets hurt, which, unfortunately, Cam has suffered injuries as of late in his career. So there's a possibility Jones plays this year. But, I mean, it's going to be interesting. He doesn't have the weapons he had at Bama, but they do have a good set of tight ends. So that's going to be helpful. And then, of course, uh, Bill Belichick double-dipped and got himself another Bama guy. Christian Barmore, defensive lineman from Bama, that made, I believe they said that um, round two draft night Friday, that made 12 Alabama, no, not Alabama, 12 Nick Saban players that Bill Belichick's drafted. That's just crazy. Right? He is just. And, and aren't they buddies? Yeah, so, they're, yeah, they're really good friends. So I'm just like, dude, Saban, just go back to the NFL. Come <laughs> on, man. Maybe he's just waiting for Belichick to re- like, retire and go take over New England. <laughs> Maybe, dude. All right, man. So, we're going to go ahead and talk about the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Let's do it. Jets were flying high at number two as they took the quarterback they see of the future. And Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU. Cooper, your thoughts? I mean, was there any doubt in this? This is who we thought they were going to pick. So Yeah, I mean, this was basically a duh. It would have been more surprising if they would have picked Justin Fields. Even though I think you and I both agree Justin Fields was more deserving of the pick than Zach Wilson. A lot of people actually thought oh, yeah. 
Um, Justin Fields was the more deserving pick, but the Jets went with who they thought was their best fit for them. Well, good for the Jets because right. uh, uh, I'm not going to let any spoilers out, but I'm happy about the way other things went. Yeah. Uh, number um, Their second pick in the first round, though, was Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive lineman for SC. So it looks like they're already starting to do a lot better for Zach Wilson than they did for Sam Darnold and getting uh, Vera Tucker to help Some protect. protection, yeah. Yeah, so they got uh, Mecton, they got Becton Lat. Uh, yeah, Becton last year and Veritucker this year. Plus, they also got him two weapons. Um, in the second round, they got Elijah Moore, wide receiver from Ole Miss, who a lot of people had as a first-round talent. And also Michael Carter, running back from UNC. If you all recall, we talked about Michael Carter and Javante Williams both over ha- almost having 300 yards rushing in that one game from North Carolina this past year. That's uh, not not bad pickups there, dude. It uh, looks like uh, the Jets might... We might actually see something out of a season this next year. Yeah, we might. I don't know that it's going to be tough for them because that's a, there's a lot of defensive coaches in, in that yeah. and talented defenses that they're going to have to go up against. Uh, one little final note about the Jets. They also picked up another Michael Carter. Michael Carter, the second safety from Duke. So they got two Michael Carters in the draft. Well, there you so go. How right? about that? Next up, we're going to talk about the NFC East. The division winner by default, basically, <laughs> the Washington football team. Uh, they took in their first round, uh, Jamon, or Jamin, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Is it Jamin? Is he Jamin Davis? I don't know. Anyways, he is a good linebacker out of Kentucky. So, Cooper, your thoughts? Hey, man. Good for them, dude. Uh, you know, I mean, good linebacker, always good. It helps with, you know, protecting that. That defensive, you know, area. Right. So, I'm sorry, I'm tripping. The second level of the defense. Yes. Yeah, yeah Jamin's got good speed. He can, um, a, lot of, a lot of them said he can cover sideline to sideline, which helps. And you um, know me, dude. I like linebackers, dude. Oh, I know. If, they can, if they can, you know, anytime I'm playing Madden, I'm, I'm always playing as a linebacker. Yeah. Usually the outside linebacker because uh, you like blitzing off. The I edge. like blitzing off the edge, man. Yes, sir. I mean, the only thing I like better than that is playing as Aaron Donald, man. I mean, that's there you the go, right? The only, only one I'm, I'm just, I'm Aaron Donald, man. Give me Aaron Donald, I'm him. It's the only way I'm not a linebacker. Uh, they also took Samuel Cosme, offensive lineman from Texas, to help bolster that offensive line, which does need that help. So that's a good pickup for Washington as well. Definitely. The Giants made a surprising pick, taking Kadarius Tooney, wide receiver from Florida, with their first pick. So, Cooper, an offensive weapon, another one. Uh, a lot of people were upset about this pick, but I'm, like, thinking, why? Yeah, I know. I was kind of shocked, too, because I think a lot of people think Elijah Moore was more um, worthy of the first-round pick, and they also thought some other ones were... Better than uh, Tooney, but I love Tooney, um, and I think it helps the Giants out immensely. Is it Tooney or Tony? Some say Tooney, some say Tony. I don't know. Hmm. I've heard him. I've heard it both ways. So I'm just because I heard it Tony at the drafts. Let's so, call him Kadarius. Kadarius, because that's his first name. Kadarius. We'll just call him. The fact that you can get that right, not Tony or Tooney. I know, right? <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also help themselves out on the defensive side by taking uh, Aziz Ojar Ojalari, 
from outside linebacker from Georgia, who a lot of people also had as a first-round talent. So a good pickup there for their pickup, defense. Yeah. And also, some people did like Aaron Robinson, cornerback from UCF, let be uh, Central Florida. For those who don't know, um, a lot of people had him had a had him at least at the end of first round, maybe early second round, and he dropped to the third. So that helped out in, uh, the Giants as well. So the Cowboys came up on the board. Their picks of corners were gone. So they traded back with the Eagles, surprisingly. I don't know why you'd help them, but you did. But they dropped back and got one of the best linebackers in the draft, Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. Yeah, old Jerry Jones was happy about this pick. I know he was unhappy about not getting who he wanted. But yeah, we all know who he wanted. Oh, Everybody yes. wanted him to get Kyle Pitts, but it wasn't happening, bud. Uh, yeah, it was a great pickup for Dallas. Um, this helps their defense immensely. Wasn't he also trying to get Patrick Sertan? Yeah, well, even Sertan, when we when we talk about him um, later on, didn't look happy he was drafted at where he was drafted. No. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cowboys also helped bolster their uh, the back end of their defense uh, with Kelvin Joseph, cornerback from Kentucky, which also helps them immensely. It's kind of weird to hear Kentucky be like a football team now. Right, it is. It's, it's kind of like, it's odd. What is this? Yeah, they also got a defensive attack, a defensive lineman um, from Kentucky too. Yeah, but probably the steal of the draft was Jabril Cox, linebacker from LSU. A lot of people had him ranked higher than a fourth round pick, so Dallas getting him there in the fourth round really um, helped bolster some of their uh, uh, evaluations when it came post draft. There we go. That's and one thing I've always learned too is that. It doesn't matter where you fall in the draft. If you put in the work, yeah, you can be a damn superstar. Yes, so, yes. I mean, look at Antonio Brown, for example. You yeah. know what I mean? So, <laughs> Let's not use him as an example for anybody. Well, outside that. You know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I just got to give you a hard time. All right, speaking of Devontae Smith, here we go. The Eagles pick... After they traded up with the Cowboys, Devonta Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. So it seemed like from rumors that they were hearing that the uh, Giants were willing to take a wide receiver, so the Eagles made sure to get the top receiver left on the board, Devonta Smith. Hey, man, that, that's a good pickup for them, dude. Mm-hmm. They need and, uh, another quarterback who's getting a wide receiver he's used to yeah. having. So. And, uh, so the Jalen Hurts gets a receiver he's familiar with. And that, that that goes to show, too, that uh, they have confidence in their quarterback, I would think. We hope. So. Because <laughs> that, yeah. that, that whole situation. Yeah, because that situation was crazy. Yeah. Dude. And then, of course, they helped bolster their offensive line in the second round with picking up Landon Dickerson, offensive lineman from Bama. Dickerson was an interesting story. He injured, he got injured in the SEC championship game. We thought he was done. We thought we are going to just have to wait for him to – come back for the draft and all that before we heard from him. But he got to take the final snap in the championship game. And, boy, was he barely able to walk out there, but he sure did it. And a good little story for Dickerson, uh, who got to be in the national championship game that, of course, Bama won. Heck, yeah, man. All right, sir, next up we're going to talk about your Steelers. Let's do it, dude. I'm so excited. So... Cooper was in a little bit of panicking mode because there was still a few teams left that needed running backs. 
ahead of his Steelers. Yes. Um, one team we thought might have tried to jump right at the last minute was going to be the Jaguars, who we all know did need a second running back, and they end up getting one. But it wasn't the running back that <laughs> they that we all thought they were going to get. Instead, it, he goes to the Steelers. Najee Harris, running back from Alabama. Yes, baby. We're bringing back the run game to the Steel City. How you doing? Yes, sir. Uh, he was the most happiest person I've seen ever on a draft night outside of, of course, the people who get drafted. The kids who get <laughs> drafted by the <laughs> teams. I just never seen someone. Najee! <laughs> I was like, dude, God, dude, it's just Najee. It's Najee! I'm like, okay. <laughs> enjoy your hairs. I'm going to enjoy it, that's <laughs> for sure. All right, man. And then, of course, you guys got Pat Faramuth, tight end from Penn State in the second round to help give you some, uh, not only a good blocking tight end, but also a great pass catcher. To that's help right. Out. I, we, I've been told he's like baby Gronk. Yes, sir. Yeah. Which is a very good compliment to have. Heck yeah, and, man. of course, um, I just want to bring this up. In the fifth round, you picked up Isaiah Loudermilk, defensive tackle from Wisconsin. Only wanted to bring that up because he had an interesting last name. Loudermilk. So, Loudermilk. <laughs> gotcha. Just wanted to bring that quote up just because it seemed odd and fun. I want to bring up the last pick. Presley Harvin the third. Oh yes, your punter from Georgia Tech. <laughs> your big punter. Oh, I was talking crap, and then I found out this dude could kick like crazy, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Guys, 5'11", 235 pounds, and punts it from one end to the other with ease. Yeah. And Cooper went, oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's on me, dog. Yep. Respect for the punter, baby. I love you. Like, dude, it's in the seventh round. I was like, round. you got a freaking punter? Like, and I'm sitting there, dude, it was the seventh round, and you let go of your other punter. Who do care? And then he found out he can kick. He went, oh, my bad. <laughs> my bad, dog. <laughs> All right, next up, your uh, in-division rival, the Baltimore yeah. Ravens, took Rashad Bateman, number one, with their first pick, wide receiver, Minnesota. This was a good pick for them. They needed a target for... Uh, your favorite quarterback that you just love. You just shut it <laughs> over there. Jackson. You just shut it over there. <laughs> Might as well be a running back. <laughs> you can't run like a running back. <laughs> I think that's what you hate him so much. He runs like a running back with an arm. That's what I didn't like about Michael Vick. That's what you also thought you weren't going to like about Patrick Mahomes. But guess what? Guess who loves Patrick Mahomes now? That's because he can throw crazy. Yeah, he does crazy shit. <laughs> And then uh, the Baltimore Ravens picked up a good offensive line, an offensive line, outside linebacker, yeah. Odafe Owe, also known as Jason Owe, if you're not familiar with Odafe because he went by his middle name because no one could pronounce Odafe. Outside linebacker from Penn State. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the Ravens? Man, you know, <laughs> I don't you, want to. <laughs> you know how they are about the 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 defense, dude. They're all about their defense, well, and so are you guys. So that's what you usually are known for, your defense. So yeah, I know, but still, man. Y'all understand that defense wins championships, so you're all about it. <laughs> and your team has six. I don't care if they understand about it. Well, they've got two Super Bowl victories out of their defense. So. Yeah, whatever. I'm just saying. Fucking You got sick of them. That's the only reason why. Ray Lewis. Speaking of rivals, let's talk about the ones that you've actually owned for most of their existence. The Cleveland Browns. 
and actually the most of their second <laughs> existence, not their first. They took cornerback Greg Newsom the second out of Northwestern. So Cooper, your thoughts on them getting a corner, which they actually really they needed. needed a corner. So I mean, hey, it works out for them. Cool. Yes, sir. And then they also picked themselves a good outside linebacker or possible inside linebacker, depending on exactly what you want to do. Excuse me, do with him. And Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora, who a lot of people had going in the first round. That's a good pickup, man. And mm-hmm. uh, teams in uh, in my division better better watch out for that dude. Yes, sir. And then the Bengals basically started the trend of getting your college quarterback, a college teammate, to throw to. And picking up Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU. This was a great pick. I love this pick. Um, I really, I've seen some of the draft grades, and you have too, where people were they were upset about this pick, and I'm like, why? Because they want they expected him like, to pick an offensive lineman to help why? protect Burrow. But still, if you get him a, a offensive weapon that he knows how to use, you get that ball off quick enough. Mm-hmm. And it is going to someone get he can ball. trust, too. So you know, He'll have confidence and trust in it. Not that they didn't go ahead and pick up a good, a pretty good offensive lineman, Jackson Carmen, from Clemson, who was known for protecting the backside, blindside, of Trevor Lawrence. There you go. So, I'm just saying, they still got one. Come on, people. Don't be so mean. Exactly. And then, of course, they took the only kicker in this draft, Evan McPherson, kicker. From Florida. Cool. Right? Yeah. Next up, we're going to talk about the NFC North. So we're going to talk about those Green Bay Packers, who may or may not have a quarterback. Yes. Well, they have a quarterback problem. <laughs> they did. They definitely have a problem. All right. So, and a good way to start out their problem is to piss it off some more with Eric Stokes' quarterback from Georgia. Um. I don't even think you and I even had Stokes in the first round. So no, we did not. This was a bit of a head-scratcher. Yeah, I think that um, maybe Aaron Rodgers sees something that we don't. And and judging by their draft choice, mm-hmm. I understand why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Um, when you have a franchise quarterback, you need to make sure that you surround him with good weapons, him with good protection. Yeah. And going Eric Stokes first corner. round yeah. corner. Somebody who we didn't even see in the first round. Right. I don't like, I didn't, I don't I love I'm him. Like, I never found him in the first round. I'm like, what is this? I never saw anybody thinking he was a first rounder, yeah. so I, this is what confuses the crap out of me. Um then they picked Josh Myers uh, center from Ohio State to replace try to help replace um, Lindsley, who they lost in free agency. But a lot of people said Myers is more of a project at center than actually an immediate starter like a second rounder normally would be. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of questionable, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Uh, so, and then they did get him finally a weapon in Amari Rogers, who was one of the top targets by Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. Well, it's a good pickup there, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. I I, I really don't think uh, old Aaron Rodgers is too happy with the uh, with the Packers right now, and I I think he's going to retire. So yeah, I still say he gets traded. <laughs> well, that would I mean that would work out for him as long as he went somewhere where we, where he had a chance to, yeah. you know, maybe win a Super Bowl. Yes, yeah, so. sir. All right. So next up, we're going to talk about the Bears. 
Let's do it. The Bears did something I don't think anybody saw coming. Nope, we didn't. The Bears jumped from 20 to 11, nine spots, and picked the free-falling Justin Fields quarterback, Ohio State. Yeah, I. this is awesome for them, dude, because he, he already knows how to play in cold weather. Yep, I had Ohio State. That helped. I mean, and, you know, the the kid's career was, was awesome there. Yeah. So, I mean... Bears, if you don't have your quarterback, mm-hmm. then there's something wrong with your office. Yeah. If you can't make something happen with this quarterback, mm-hmm. there's something wrong with you guys. Yes, sir. I I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, and what's good is, even though you and I and a lot of people also um, that are more professional than us, we talked about it. Justin Fields was the only other quarterback outside Trevor Lawrence would want to start day one. Yeah. But you don't have to in Chicago. You can let Andy Dalton play mm-hmm. for a little bit, and you can just sit Fields, make sure he knows. No one's saying um, Fields was dumb. A lot of people actually said he's really smart. So it's not like it's a concept of needing to learn things. But also, if you don't have to rush him, don't do it. Don't do it, yeah. Which makes it nice. You don't have to sit there and be like, oh, my God, you have to go now. No, we got Andy Dalton. We can try it. With Dalton for a little bit, make sure the kid's ready, and if he's ready, boom, let's go. But they also have all offseason to determine whether or not he's ready. And they did help him out by getting a uh, good left tackle in Tevin, uh, Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle from Oklahoma State, who a lot of people actually had going in the late first round. So getting him in the second round where the, like they did really helps uh, as well. Definitely, man. And, of course, one quick little final thought on the Bears. Thomas Graham Jr., cornerback from Oregon, was picked up in the sixth round by the Bears. So, duck bears. Got a, a duck. <laughs> <laughs> Got to throw your ducks out there, don't you? Hi, man. As soon as I see another Florida guy, I'll... Oh, wait. I did have one over here. Sorry. <laughs> the Packers picked up Daryl Slayton, defense attack Florida. There you go. <laughs> My bad. I missed the Florida guy. Don't sue me. <laughs> All right. Talk about the Minnesota Vikings, shall we? Let's do it. The Minnesota Vikings took offensive tackle Christian Derrissaw from Virginia Tech. A lot of people had him as the third best offensive tackle uh, because Vera Tucker was a, considered more of an offensive guard. So Vera Tucker was the first guard overall. Um, but um, if you put him just in all order of just offensive line, Derrissaw was actually the fourth offensive lineman behind Panay Sewell, um, Rashawn Slater, and Elijah Vera Tucker. So they got themselves a good offensive tackle to help out um, Kirk Cousins and then kind of veered right into a backup quarterback, which could possibly be a replacement down the line, and Kellen Mond, quarterback Texas A&M in the third round. Whoa. Um, I, I wouldn't quite say it's a replacement. I'd say maybe a good backup. Well, um, I mean, you kind of really do need good backups in this league. And, uh, I mean, uh, that could just be protecting their quarterback, too. There's also rumors that Kellen Mund is actually considered a better version of Dak Prescott. So, And mm. Dak Prescott's an NFL quarter, starting quarterback. So, just saying. <laughs> there's a possible there's a possibility <laughs> that this could become a problem. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens down the road with the Vikings. All right. Detroit Lions, with the first pick, did help out poor little Jared Goff by getting him a good offensive tackle in Panay Sewell, offensive tackle, Oregon. 
who his whole career only allowed one, one. Quarterback hit. Yes. Not even a sack. It was a quarterback hit. So, so that means Herbert didn't even have the ball in his hand, and he just got hit. Yeah. One hit in his whole career. The dude played as a true freshman, as a true sophomore. Could have played as a true junior, but he pulled out because we thought we weren't even playing last year. This kid's a beast. Yeah. Some people had Slater ranked number one. Panay Sewell, number one. End of discussion. Let's move on, shall we? Mm-hmm. Good job for Detroit. Getting themselves the best offensive tackle in the draft. Um, Is there anything of significance outside of that? I don't see it. Moving Not on. Really, no. To the AFC South. Let's do it. First up, Chris's favorite team. The Tennessee Titans. <laughs> You're funny. Yeah, I know. They just they kind of annoy you now after they got rid of Mario. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. First up, they took Caleb Farley, cornerback, Vatek. Uh, Far, Farley dropped a lot because a lot of uh, people are uh, wondering about his health after he had a second microscopic scope of his back. So he's kind of having a little bit of back issues. But the Titans did need to replace Adoree Jackson, who left via free agency. So, Cooper, your thoughts on Farley? If he can stay healthy, it's a good pickup. Yes, sir. Uh, if not... Mm. Yeah, because a lot of people actually had Farley as the top corner in the draft before we found out about his back problem. Um, so, a lot of people thought he would have gone number one. Uh, we'll talk about who actually went number one here in a little bit. But, I mean, it just kind of sucks that you went from possibly the first best corner to the third Oh, yeah. Only because of a minor issue possibly with your back. Um, I'm just going to bring this up because not before I bring up the other thing I'm obviously going to bring up about the Titans. They did pick up Dylan Radunes, offensive tackle in North Dakota State. So, little schools, baby. Got to show some love for the little schools. Yes. And then, of course, I'm going to show my love for Mob Ducks as Brady Bree's safety was picked up by the Titans in the sixth round. So, another duck, another professional. Quack, quack, baby. Now I know I need a Titans jersey that says Big Breezy on it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It won't say that. It'll just say Breezy. But anyways, (laughs) Um, one of my favorite names, too, I just want to bring up, Racy McMath, wide receiver, LSU. I just love the name, Racy McMath. (laughs) Yeah, it's different for sure, man. Yes, sir. It's fun to say for me. So, anyway, so moving on, sir. We are moving to the Colts, who took Quiddy Pay, defensive end, Michigan, who a lot of people have had going higher than he did, but still a really good pickup for the Colts. Definitely, man. I mean, hey, you know, you need a good edge rusher, and Colts got it. So mm-hmm. there you go. I mean, this could make that defense stop. Yes, sir. It's definitely going to help them out. <laughs> I did not mean to do that. <laughs> All right, Sean Davis, safety from Florida, went to the Colts as well in the fifth round. Sam Ellinger, quarterback, Texas, went in the sixth round, just a, just as a obviously a oh, backup yeah. to Carson Wentz, nothing more um, to worry about. And Mike Strachan, wide receiver, Charleston, bringing him up because he's one of the little school guys, so we've got to talk about him. That's always cool, dude. Yes, sir. All right, moving on. And what what's crazy is, you know, you think like little schools are going to have, you know, Oh, well, it's a little school, so this guy's not going to be anybody big. But you never know, dude. They could be a breakout superstar. Absolutely, man. It's crazy what um, little school guys can end up doing. 
it's fun too to watch them um, develop into something more. All right, next up, we're going to talk about the uh, dumpster fire that is the Houston Texans. Oh, man, I almost spit that out my nose. Sorry, bro. <laughs> uh, with their first pick in the third round, which was their first pick overall, they took Davis Mills quarterback from Stanford. So they're already possibly considering life after Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we won't get into all that. But, yeah, they they probably need to. Yes, sir. Uh, in the fifth round, they took Brevin Jordan tight end from Miami, who I actually thought was uh, a little undervalued by a lot of teams going all the way down to fifth. Uh, I thought he was definitely at least the third best tight end, maybe even to me personally, the second because of his um, speed that he provided at Miami. So Yeah, man. Uh, good pickup there for sure. Yes, sir. All right, next up, we're going to talk about those Jaguars. Let's do it. So for the first time in NFL history in the Kalman draft era, the Jacksonville Jaguars took a quarterback-running back duo from the same school when they took Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick and came back with the 25th overall pick to take Travis Etienne, quarterback-running back, Clemson. Cooper. Dude, this is cool, man. Uh, a lot of people were upset that they, did he, uh, that they picked up the running back, too. But, hey, man, that, that kid's fast. He's, he's going to be a good running back. Yes, sir. Um, they already had a pretty good running back in Jacksonville, but um, as um, Colin likes to point out, that the, the uh, workhorse running back is kind of dying, and we're seeing it in Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. He's not been the same since his rookie year. His numbers have gone down each year, and it's getting bad for him. Um, where if he had somebody who could help take some of the load off, it would be a lot better. That's what I'm actually worried about in Tennessee. How much longer does Derrick Henry actually have? Oh, because yeah. he's going to start getting more and more work. Yeah, that's the thing that, that sucks is that, that running back position, dude, mm-hmm. you're getting hit no matter what. Yep. And No matter what you do, you're getting hit. Yeah, and we kind of saw it become a problem with Todd Gurley in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, Gurley, he started out strong, was the featured back, didn't get um, spelled as much as he should have been, and it ended up costing him a knee problem. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, now the Rams, when they moved on, got Cam Akers, and now they're doing a three-headed mon- – well, Malcolm Brown's no longer. There's some back down to a two-headed monster with uh, Henderson and uh, Akers. Yeah. Uh, then they also helped out Trevor Lawrence by picking Walker Little, offensive tackle from Stanford. Some of those said he was a little high of a pick, but Little was legit. Um, I watched him, of course, against Oregon. He played very well against our – Pretty good um, guys who are – one of them is going to possibly be a number one overall pick next year or at least push for it in uh, Kayvon Th- uh, Thibodeau. And he handled him himself pretty well against Kayvon. And uh, I like Little. This is going to be a good help for uh, Lawrence on that offensive line. Definitely, man. Any kind of protection you can get, especially being that stout of a player. I'm sorry, but uh, – Jacksonville is going to be a team we have to look out for this year because Urban Meyer does not play around when it comes to picking players, when it comes to any of that. I know this is his first year in the league, but watch out for Jacksonville because it's going to break out, dude. Yes, sir. I've got a feeling that, that it's it's at best going to be a playoff team for sure. 
Yes, sir. All right, we're going to move on to the Saints in the starting in the NFC South. So the Saints won the division, but that was it. They didn't <laughs> do anything much after that. Uh, unfortunately, lost to the Buccaneers. <laughs> anyway, so let's go ahead and get into the Saints. They took Peyton Turner, defensive end from Houston. Cooper, this is a little surprising because I didn't see Peyton Turner in mock drafts in the first round either. Yeah, uh, this is kind of weird because I really thought they would take uh, Kyle Trask right here. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they didn't, oh, man. It's just like, what the hell are you guys doing? Because um, mm-hmm. your quarterback position is not—it's not squared away. I don't care what you say. Um, Jameis Winston cannot freaking—he's not going to be able to take over that team. And and you know, so and we don't believe and, in Taysom Hill. And Taysom either. Hill, nah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. In the second pick, they picked Pete Warner, linebacker, uh, Ohio State which is a, actually a pretty good linebacker pickup for them. And they picked Ian Book, quarterback Notre Dame. I only really bring this up because, for one, they didn't go with Kyle Trask. Or two, Ian Book actually projects out to be a Drew Brees-style quarterback with actually a little bit better mobility. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Ian Book in his career as a fourth-round pick. Definitely. We'll have to see what happens. Yes, sir. And, of course, we're going to go ahead and give a little love to Quan Baker, wide receiver from South Alabama. We're giving some love to the little schools. There you go. All right, we're going to talk about those looking ears. <coughs> Hairball again. I don't know. Sorry. Panthers? Buccaneers. Oh, the Buccaneers. I'm about to say, wait a minute. Buccaneers? I thought you said Panthers. Oh, like, what, uh, what are you coughing on the Panthers for? What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, they did have Cam Newton, but no longer. Anyway, so we're going to talk about these bugging ears. Oh, uh, first pick, they picked Joe Tyron, outside linebacker from Washington. Cooper. This is another one that kind of surprised me because I didn't see Tyron up there on, in the first round either. May, I, I don't know, man. Maybe they were just thinking... Maybe they seen something in him. Maybe they were watching him on his pro day or something. We don't know what goes on in these team meetings and things. And so, stuff, yeah. you know, maybe they seen something in him they liked. I guess. But, because uh, honestly, I don't, being from Washington, I've obviously watched the Oregon Washington games. I don't even recognize the name, so I don't even know where he came from, honestly. <laughs> I don't. I mean, if it's, if it's especially when it's a rival. Yeah. It's a war- rival from Oregon. And I just, yeah, usually you would have something to say if it was... Yeah, I would give the guy credit if he looked good against my team. Yeah. I, I'm like, who the hell is that? <laughs> Are you sure he played for the Huskies? And I loved it because all they showed in his highlights, not one time did they show him against the Duck because he probably got pancaked by Panay Sewell. Yep. <laughs> At least five times. <laughs> All right. And then, of course, you went and spoke this into existence, you punk. Kyle Trask, quarterback, Florida, to sit behind Tom Brady. This is a good pick for them, and I'm glad. I'm happy for him, dude. And not only this, but it brings brings good, uh, you know, good revenue to uh, Florida. So there you go. Yeah, bite me, Snoopy, and your ilk. (laughs) Hey, man. Kyle Trask sitting behind Tom Brady. When we have Tom Brady decides to retire in like a couple of years, if he don't decide to play until he's dead, until he's dead, or, yeah, or dead, whatever comes first, 
death or 50, whatever comes first. Might be death. But uh, I think it's a good pickup, and uh, yeah. All right. And, of course, uh, some more small school love. Jalen Darden, wide receiver, North Texas. Nice. Shout out to the little schools. All right, we're going to talk about those Carolina Panthers, who shocked everybody by taking J.C. Horn, cornerback, to South Carolina. The shock was because a lot of people actually thought they might still go quarterback, even though they just got Sam Darnold right before the draft. So, Cooper, your thoughts? Well, first off, it shows that they, uh, they're going to give Sam Darnold a chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, J.C. Horn is nobody to play with. That's pretty cool, dude. Yes, sir. And, of course, they gave um, him some uh, more help on the offensive side by taking Terrace, Mar- uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver from LSU. I actually like Marshall. Um, you know, we've seen him play. He actually um, did really well for LSU. His numbers were down this past year because, uh, obviously, they didn't have Joe Burrow, and their offense seemed to get to go whoop. Out the window without oh, yeah. without also having um, Jamar uh, Jamar Chase, but uh, that that helps. They get him a really good wide receiver, I think. So that's a good pickup in the second round, and also Chuba Hubbard, running back from Oklahoma State, a two-headed monster to help out Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. Heck yeah, that works out good, dude. Yes, sir. Excuse me. All right, we're gonna move on to the Atlanta Falcons. Let's do it. The pick that's deemed the only guarantee, as long as he's healthy, that should make the Hall of Fame. Kyle Pitts, number four overall, tight end, Florida. I mean, really, dude? They had Tony Gonzalez back in the day. Now they've got their, they've got their tight end again, bro. Yes, sir. This is just fantastic. I love the pick. It was a great pick. It was a smart pick. You didn't need the quarterback yet, Matt. Matt Ryan is only thirty-five, so he's barely older than us. Yeah, he's younger than. Aaron Rodgers. He just needs the protection and the time. And now you can't guard Julio. You can't guard Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts now. You can't guard all three. Yeah. One of these guys is going to be open, and they all got speed, and they're going to burn I'm sorry, somebody. But uh, Kyle Pitts has got more speed than anybody on that team. Uh, I still think Julio's faster than him. I, I want to see those two have a race. I do too. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure Julio's still faster than he is. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Um, and there was small school love, uh, a couple small school loves for the Falcons picks. Darren Hall, cornerback, San Diego State. And Avery Williams, cornerback, Boise State. So a little love for the small school. Boise State. Woo-woo. Oh, What's I'm that? sorry. And also small school. In the second round, Richie Grant, safety, Central Florida. I should have. Yeah, I that's what's up, dude. Some Central Florida love. All right, sir, we move on to the AFC West. Let's do it. The Kansas City Chiefs, who were gifted in the second round, linebacker Nick Bolton, Mizzou. Yeah, they were gifted Nick Bolton because my team, right before them, did something stupid. I can't wait to talk about that. Actually, I can't. I don't want to yet. (laughs) It's just going to make me mad. So, yes, uh, Chiefs picking up a very good linebacker, Nick Bolton. From Missouri, your thoughts? I mean, that's good for the Chiefs, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, defense wins championships. Yes, sir. And then, of course, they get to get another good pick because my team was being stupid right before them off the Nick Bolton pick, and then they so they got to get Creed Humphrey, center, Oklahoma. 
Yeah, man. A lot of people had Creed Humphrey rated as the number one center in this draft. So, Cooper, your thoughts? Hey, man, protect that franchise quarterback. Man, Let's... they sure have. Have you seen their freaking off, what they've done this offseason? They picked up Orlando Brown. They picked up Thune in free agency, traded for Brown, and now got themselves one of the top well, Good. Maybe draft. they'll go back and we'll have a repeat of the Super Bowl last year. I they'll really act... don't want to see Tampa back in there, though. They'll actually beat them this year. I really don't want to see Tampa in there, though. I really don't. Especially since it's in Los Angeles this and year. Especially since everybody says, oh, the goat, the goat, the goat. No. No goat. Um, and uh, a little love for a small school. They're only small in football, but definitely not on the men's basketball court. Noah Gray, tight end from Duke. Yeah, man, that's cool. So we're going to show some love for the Dukies. All right, the Raiders. With a head-scratcher with their first overall pick, Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle, Bama. Almost everybody had Leatherwood going in round two. Uh, I don't get it, dude. Don't know, man. I don't get it either. Um, a lot of people, though, said the Raiders would have actually had a good pick if they would flip-flop their second-round pick and their first-round pick. Trevin uh, Morig, safety from TCU, actually was picked to go in the first round um, by a lot of people. As the top ranked safety, even though I still say Holland was the top ranked safety, but that's just me. I'm just saying. That's yeah. a little homer, isn't it? Well, I don't care. <laughs> but I'm just saying. So a lot of people actually said if you would flip those picks around, you'd actually see the Raiders actually had a good draft, whereas they kind of say it's kind of a uh, draft with that pick. Um, and of course, we're going to give a little love to Malcolm Kuntz, outside linebacker from Buffalo. Buffalo, baby. University of Buffalo. In the bowls. Charger time. Are you ready? Let's do it. This I almost said Sandy. <laughs> the Los Angeles Chargers. San Diego. Didn't have to move up to get Rashawn Slater, offense tackle, Northwestern. A lot of people had, um, as we talked about, Rashawn Slater as the number one t- uh, tackle. Of course, I disagreed. You disagreed. And that's not just homerism. That's just our... True thoughts and feelings on it, and a little bit of homerism thrown in for good measure. But still, a really good help, uh, pickup for them to protect their future quarterback, well, not future quarterback, their future superstar quarterback, Justin Herbert. Definitely. Definitely a good pickup. Uh, but yeah, like you said, that's not the number one. No. No. But... They needed an offensive tackle, and they got a good one. Though. It worked out. It's still a good tackle. We're not we're not disrespecting Slater. He's a really good tackle. He would be number one in this draft if Paneso wasn't there. Exactly. And we're not trying to be homer. That's just the truth. We all a lot of people would agree with us too because a lot of people see possible Jonathan Ogden in Paneso. I didn't hear that for Slater, so I'm just saying. A lot of people said Jonathan Ogden is probably the greatest tackle prospect they've ever seen. I'm just saying. I'm going with what they say. Anyway, <laughs> Asante Samuel Jr., of course, we got to give legacy props for a cornerback from Florida State. Cooper, your thoughts? Yeah, man, that, that's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, man, I always need a good corner. Yes, sir. And then, of course, we're going to give a little love to another Dookie, Chris Rump II, outside linebacker from Duke. Is it because he, he's from Duke, or you just wanted to say his last name? Both. <laughs> if I want to say because of the last names, Trey McKitty. <laughs> I did. Ugga. 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 McKitty. 
That's the last name right there. I don't care what you say. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, we're going to talk about those Denver Broncos. Let's do it. First round, number nine overall, Patrick Sertan the second, cornerback Bama. I've never seen someone look so sad that he got drafted. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, he was he was quite shocked, and Jerry Jones was quite pissed. Uh, Jerry Jones was quite pissed that Pitts didn't fall, but that's besides the point. He was still mad that he didn't get Sertan. Yeah, he was. He, I think he was thinking he was getting Sertan, and the Broncos, and because a lot of people had the Broncos taking the quarterback, they didn't, and then they got Which corner. They should have, but that's just. Well, then again, depending on how you look at it, because you know, Denver Broncos is one of the teams just saying that they're interested in Pat, little Aaron Rodgers. Just, just saying. No, just there. Just saying. A lot of people said, "Hey, you can take Sertan, flip him for Stokes too in that trade." Just saying. <laughs> anyway, so um little uh school love here for Quinn uh Minert's offensive guard, Wisconsin Whitewater. Wisconsin Whitewater. I believe that's either it's an FCS school or division two school. Can't remember which. Cool. So but yeah, so it's a, definitely a little school from Wisconsin. Uh Jamar Johnson safety from Indiana. Too, uh, normal basketball power. Indiana nice. had a great year last year for football. It was really surprising. And now we talk about my favorite division, the NFC West. Because my team's in it. <laughs> That's why it's my favorite. Not your favorite team right now, is it? <sighs> They're pissing me off. <laughs> They're pissing me off quite a bit. All right, let's talk about them Seattle Seahawks first. Let's do it. Because we get to talk about, we also get to talk about a little <laughs> school too. Because they only had three picks in this draft at all, so that was a little weird. They took Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver from Western Michigan, with their first pick of the draft in the second round. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then they took Stone Forsyth, offensive tackle, Florida, in the sixth round. Well, since we got all the time to do this, because there was only three, Trey Brown, cornerback, in the fourth round from Oklahoma. And there's your entire Seahawks draft. The easiest one to talk about because right. there was only three. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. Can I save them for last? <laughs> no. Let's do it. Damn it. All right. The Los Angeles Rams in the second round of the 57th pick took 2-2 Atwell, wide receiver from Louisville, who was seven. And 149 pounds. And you all said Devontae Smith was small. Are you flipping kidding me? Yeah, dude. Uh, At a position of no need. And the fact that I'm bigger than this dude is kind of sad. It's kind of like saying, okay, here's Tavon Austin 2.0. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I read a headline article that said the Rams draft um, about, um, how well they did this year <laughs> relies on Atwell. <laughs> Is he Deshaun Jackson or Tavon Austin? I went, he's Tavon 2.0. Come on. Uh, There's no way he's Deshaun Jackson. At least Deshaun Jackson was just under six foot. Yeah. He's like 5'11. Yeah. And he weighed more and he was fucking fast as hell. But we didn't need a receiver, period. We didn't need him. It made no sense. We had. And we had a really good linebacker on the board, Nick Bolton, that we that ended up going to Kansas City. We had you the, guys should have you, you know what? Truth be told, 
the Rams should have took Cal Trask. They should have. That would because, be great. You know what? Because Stafford is on the back half of his career, mm-hmm. it would have made more sense to say, hey, Stafford, more we're going to sit, sit him behind you for two years, you know, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. You got two years, which is what's left on your contract. If you can prove that we need to extend you by the end of that contract, that's a win for us, and we can move Kyle Trask then. Or if you don't prove that you deserve an extension, we're going to say bye-bye and let the kid have it. And see if he's worth our future. Exactly. But this, this, you and I were like looking at each other like, what the f-? And I don't even want to say the words that was coming out of his man's mouth because he was angry. Nick Bolton, Creed Humphrey, top inside linebacker still on the board, and the number one ranked center on the board. Both got to go to Kansas City because the Rams picked a guy. I don't even know why. Just, ugh. You better hope that he, he does something because, uh, right? Oof. Yeah. Um, small school respect. Robert Rochelle, cornerback, Central Arkansas. Jacob Harris, wide receiver, UCF. Um, UCF wide receiver Harris is probably being moved to tight end because of his height. He's 6'5, um, 221-ish. They're probably going to have him put on about 10 pounds and move him. And Chris Garrett, outside linebacker from Concordia, St. Paul. Ernest Jones, though, I've heard is actually a pretty good linebacker that they picked up in the third round. And uh, Bobby Brown the third, which is a weird name to have. Um, defensive tackle from Texas A&M. Um, sounds like they might have actually been able to replace uh, Michael Brockers with Bobby Brown the third if they get his true potential out of him. Just saying. Still pissed. Moving on. Arizona. Small school. Luckily, I can talk about a small school right now. Zayvon Collins, outside linebacker, Tulsa is who they took in the first round. Zayvon Collins was a was one of the top linebackers in this draft, and they got themselves a good pass rusher with Collins right there. There you go, man. Uh, speaking of small receivers that the Rams possibly could have took and has a little bit more size, Rondell Moore, wide receiver, Purdue. So, Purdue, uh, Tay Gowan, cornerback, uh, Central Florida, Marco Wilson, cornerback from Florida, and James Wiggins, a safety from Cincinnati. Another basketball power that had a football player make it to the draft. There you go. That's always cool to see. Yep. And we get to finally talk about the team I loathe almost as much as the Patriots. <laughs> and I only love the Patriots more because, you know, they're cheaters. But here we go, San Francisco 49ers. Shocked the NFL world as they took Trey Lance third overall. Quarterback, North Dakota State. Cooper, your thoughts? I mean, it definitely wasn't what we thought was going to happen here. So. It really seemed like they were going Matt Jones. Um, so what what do you think about Trey Lance? I mean, I like Trey Lance. Um, the problem that some people have, and I do have a little bit, only because he doesn't have a whole lot of starts. That was the problem with Mac Jones. He only had a year. Then again, Joe Burrow only had a year starting in, um, well, no, he actually had two years because his uh, junior year was a little bit of a crapshoot. It's just not a lot of starts. That's what worries me. Mm-hmm. But the Niners still have Jimmy Garoppolo. They can go into the season with Garoppolo as the starter. They can see if Garoppolo stays healthy. If Garoppolo is healthy, the Niners, I, I hate to say it, could win the division. 
if Garoppolo's healthy. <coughs> yeah. And they're also their pass rush with Bosa and stuff being healthy. If they're healthy, the Niners could possibly win the division. I hate saying that, but it's the truth. I can't sit there and make up bullshit lies. But, but we, we we like Garoppolo. We've always liked Garoppolo. You didn't want to put the Patriots, dude. Yeah, Garoppolo. the dude won two Super Bowls backing up Tom Brady. So, I mean, so, it's a great joy ride to have. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, he's a Ram. He's a Ram. New England pick him. Are you flipping kidding me? <laughs> Killing me, Smalls. I died right here a little bit. Uh, but I think as long as Trey Lance can sit first, learn the playbook, Shanahan made the right call in getting Lance over Mac Jones. I still personally would have went with Justin Fields only because he's got the starts, and if need be, he could have started right away. Oh, yeah. If need be. Hopefully the Niners, for their um, sake, they don't have to have him start immediately, and they can have Garoppolo because, like I said, if Garoppolo plays, they're probably going to win the division. Just saying, because it's already been proven, a healthy Garoppolo got him to a Super Bowl. So, just saying. A healthy team gets them probably into at least the division. Um, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. All goes. Um, they actually got themselves a good running back in Trey Sermon from Ohio State. I actually like Sermon. Um, he played very well. Uh at uh, Ohio State, and I was surprised he made it all the way down to the third round. So I think that was a good pickup for them. Uh, they need I don't think they really needed another running back, but at the same time, we always say the, wor- the workhorse running back is pretty much dead now. you got to have multiples, and Sermon definitely helps uh, the Niners' backfield in that aspect. We're going to give a shout-out to Jalen Moore, offensive guard, Western Michigan. little school shout-out, love. Yeah. Yes, sir. And then we're going to give um, Didi Lenore, cornerback from Oregon, some love. Because we love Oregon. So, there you go. Suckers. <laughs> Thank you. All right, sir. We did it. We made it through. It was fun, dude. Uh, I enjoyed watching the draft. I know I know. Uh, the second day was a little lackluster. I was a little bored with it. And I don't even think I watched the third day, but... You didn't. I watched so, it all because, you know, I'm I'm a nerd like that. But, yeah, I mean, it was cool. Uh, I enjoyed it. And there was some there was some crazy moves there, brother. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised the Bears did what they did. So. Yeah, uh, that was very interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't really have a... I, I'm, I'm going to be, like, um, calm, coward. When it comes to the draft, I'm not going to give you a winner. I don't think anybody won yet. I think we still need to see what happens with some of these players. And we also need to see what happens with some of these guys in the later rounds that come up. Yeah. I mean, you got uh, Shaka Tooney from Washington, who is a pretty good, a lot of people had as a good outside linebacker, fall all the way to seven. Uh, a name that fell all the way out of the draft because of medical. Um, Dylan Moses, who I was hoping to God the Rams were going to pick up at some point, never did. He never even got drafted. Is going to be in Jacksonville as an underdrafted free agent. He could be a really good boost to that defense. From Alabama, he was the leader of the Bama's defense this past year. You know, there's a lot of unknowns still because Trevor Lawrence seems has all the aspects it seems like he should be the perfect quarterback. But shit happens, and he might not be. We don't know. We can only go with what we see. We're hoping he is. Yeah. 
But we can't guarantee it either. I hope so, dude, because, you know, it'd be nice to actually root for a team in Florida since, you know, we'll never root for the Buccaneers. So. I'm trying to root for the Dolphins, but... The Dolphins is kind of hard to root for them when they don't... They're not consistent with anything they do. At least the Jaguars have actually made it to the playoffs in the recent years. And yeah, and they made it all the way to, they've been so. to a couple AFC championship games where the Dolphins haven't been to an AFC championship game in a really long time. Yeah, so. You know, so at least the Jaguars have been knocking And what I love about it is they're so close to home, dude. It's going to be like, yeah. yeah. They're, they're the closest NFL so. team to us by far. The closest because Atlanta's four hours away. Tampa's about roughly three to four hours. Yeah. And Miami, of course, is about six to eight, depending on traffic. So Jacksonville is literally only an hour away from us, depending on traffic again. But still, when you only say about an hour, it's a lot better than oh, yeah. saying, oh, God, it's four, about four, almost eight. Oh, <laughs> when yeah. you can just be like, I can go basically down this interstate right over here and be there in about an hour. So yep. Makes it nice. Uh, so Jacksonville is basically the home team for us. So we're going to support them. But like I said, it's not that I'm trying to say anything bad about Trevor Lawrence. I hope he does do great for the Jaguars. It's just any of these guys, any one of them. Yeah. You know, um, Zach Wilson could be better than a lot of people think and make the Jets look good. We don't know. Jamar Chase could end up being the next Jerry Rice. We don't know. It could happen or he could – Flop miserably. I mean, your team could screw up their offensive line and not have enough running room for Najee Harrison. He doesn't look like the back he did in Bama. We don't know. There's just a lot of too much unknown right now. We're going to give it a few years. We'll probably do, we'll try to start doing draft recaps down the road where it's, we look back at them and, you know, we'll save our notes on drafts and we'll be like, well, who do we think won? We had a few at, years at to the, evaluate. Yeah, at the end of the year, maybe look back at the drafts and see who did what, where, mm-hmm. and how good they they did. That would be really cool. We should keep these. Yeah, we're going to definitely keep them and talk about it. Uh, so, like I said, we're probably going to hold off on giving true grades until we actually see what happens with these guys. I mean, some of these guys. And some of these guys, there's also a good chance one of these guys that went in the top rounds is a medical disaster waiting to happen. Knock on wood, hopefully none of them are, but chances are one of them is a a medical nightmare. So we never know. So it's like, why were we going to sit here and try to say this team won this draft when eh, they might not? I mean, hell, Tutu might surprise me and be the best receiver we've ever had. I doubt it, but it could happen. (laughs) I still doubt it. I'm trying to make. I can't do it, man. I can't make myself fly. He's too freaking small. Oh my god! I've never seen such a tinier person in my life play wide receiver in the NFL. Oh, you haven't been this small. And, and they all looked happy about that pick, and I'm like, because all I care about is he's fast. I'm like, I don't care. If we're lucky, he's a good kick returner. Yeah. If we're lucky. If we're unlucky, we wasted a second-round pick when we had Creed Humphrey. You're putting a little kid out there on the football field and saying, go play with the big boys. I'm sorry. The dude is pretty much, he's smaller than I am, dude. And I'm like, I wouldn't want to go out there weighing what I do now. Right. 
I can only imagine weighing less and being shorter and then saying, all right, I'm going to go play NFL football, though, thank you. All right. Oh, my God. I, just, so, I don't know. I don't know what we were thinking. Yeah. But on that note, <laughs> that will do it for us here at Sports Talk. Be sure to tune in uh, tomorrow <laughs> because we got to talk worldwide sports. Uh, hopefully I'll have time to do the notes on that tomorrow. <laughs> I needed more time to do the notes today because I did not have enough time yesterday. So that's why it was today. Uh, be sure then, of course, to tune in Saturday as we, I think we get to preview the pay-per-view. Is it this week? No, it's next weekend. Oh, that's right. One of those day weekend. They're not doing it on Mother's Day. NASCAR is surprisingly having a race on Mother's Day. That kind of shocked me. It's weird. Maybe because of the condensed schedule they had to do. They had to put it on Mother's Day. Usually they don't have a race on Mother's Day. It's weird. It's kind of throwing me off a little bit. <laughs> You're so used to them not having a holiday race. And so it's like, except Father's Day. They're like, oh, it's Dad's. If we die during a Dad's Day, who cares, right? Yeah, we we die in the blaze of glory, baby. Right. Blaze of glory. It's also weird that the second Daytona race is also not in July. That kind of throws me off, too. Mm. I'm so used to that being the July race. Like, around the 4th. Anyways. I'm I'm rambling about stuff. Anyway, so Saturday, <laughs> we'll actually recap this week in wrestling. Monday Night Raw, Wednesday Night Dynamite, and Friday Night SmackDown. And Wednesday Night Dynamite is going to be cool this week, guys. They've got this... Yes. Yeah, tonight they've got this, this, uh, it looks like two rings and a big old steel cage around it. It's going to be pretty cool. They're doing like the, that, uh, War Games thing? It looks like it, dude. That's interesting. We'll have to check that out. Um, of course we're supposed to be checking out wrestling at all times. Yes. All times. We are. Cooper. Yes, I know. I'm bad lately. Cooper. Cooper, of course, Cooper has fallen off of his game. I apologize. Yes. I will get back into wrestling. I just have been off. off in my own little world lately. Yeah. It is what it is. Anyway, so then, of course, <laughs> be sure to tune in Sunday as we talk more baseball, basketball talk. The Lakers are without LeBron James for these next two games after they miss, he missed the Denver game. But we beat Denver! Yeah, beat Denver. We beat Denver, and hopefully we can beat the Clippers tomorrow night. We need to smack them back down into the basement where they belong. God, I can't wait till they move out of the arena. I still think I got like seven more years of them being in that damn arena. If you guys could just see the anger in this man's face right now. <laughs> they don't deserve to be in the <laughs> arena with us. There, there's another team that just needs to go to move and be the Supersonics. We need the Supersonics back. I'll actually like them if they do that. Yeah. I'll like them then. I'll I'll even put on a wide supersonic shirt if they <laughs> if they move the freaking team to Seattle. I'll do it. All right, listen to them. I'm just saying. So listen to Big Man over here. Do, do what you're told. Damn it. That's right. Move the chart. Hurry up. Have the sister win the lawsuit against her siblings and have the team move back to San Diego where they belong. <laughs> Come on, Bezos. Move him to San Diego, Bezos. Come on, Bezos. <laughs> Buy him out. Let's go. Let's do this. All right, dude. It's been fun, man. Yes. I'm rambling again. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So that will officially do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. sports.